Welcome to the King's Word Bible Study. I'm your host, Brother Vinnie Fitzgerald, and today we're going to delve into the Bible to bring you insight from God's Word that will help you to grow and to develop into spiritual maturity. These lessons are designed to help guide you and strengthen you in your relationship with the Lord. Whether you've never opened the Bible or have read it cover to cover, this podcast will inform and uplift you. Our purpose is not only for you to know and to understand the King's Word, but for you to live it out in your day-to-day life. Philippians 4 and 9 tells us, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Today, our topic is going to be called to serve. Let's begin in Exodus chapter 35. In Exodus chapter 35, beginning in the 21st verse, it says, And they came, everyone whose heart stirred them up, and everyone whom his spirit made willing. And they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation, and for all his service, and for the holy garments. And they came, both men and women, as many as were willing-hearted, and brought bracelets and earrings and rings and tablets, all jewels of gold. And every man that offered, offered an offering of gold unto the Lord. And every man, with whom was found blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and red skins of rams and badger skins, brought them. Every one that did offer an offering of silver and brass brought the Lord's offering. And every man, with whom was found shatim wood, for any work of the service, brought it. And all the women that were wise-hearted did spin with their hands, and brought that which they had spun, both of blue and of purple and of scarlet and of fine linen. And all the women whose hearts stirred them up in wisdom spun goat's hair. And the rulers brought onyx stones, and stones to be set for the ephod, and for the breastplate, and spice, and oil for the light, and for the anointing oil, and for the sweet incense. The children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord, every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work, which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. And Moses said unto the children of Israel, See the Lord have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he hath filled them with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, and to devise curious works, to work in gold and in silver and in brass, and in the cutting of stones, to set them, and in carving of wood, to make any manner of cunning work. And he hath put in his heart that he may teach both he and Aholiab, the son of Ahizamach, of the tribe of Dan. Them have he filled with wisdom of heart, to work all manner of work, of the engraver, and of the cunning workman, and of the embroiderer, in blue, and in purple, and in scarlet, and in fine linen, and of the weaver, even of them that do any work, and of those that devise cunning work. In this chapter, we find that the Lord was calling people for the work of the temple. Different people brought different things that they had. Others had special skills that God was calling them to employ in the service of the tabernacle. Even though it may not seem like it at first, there's a lot in this chapter that we can learn from and apply to our own lives. Since we have given our lives to Christ, Our lives are defined by service to God. Because of this, God calls us to do His will, which includes work. God calls us to do specific tasks and gives us a job to do in accordance with His will, just like He did to the children of Israel. 
We need to take a closer look at this chapter to see what it means for us and for our work. Verse 21 tells us, And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up, and everyone whom his spirit made willing. When it comes to the man, there's two elements here. We find spirit and we find heart. What does heart mean here? It's the Hebrew word leb, meaning inner man, mind, will, and heart. The concordance goes on to say that it means the inner man, indefinite, soul, comprehending mind, affections, and will, of one's own mind, knowledge, thinking, reflection, and memory. It means specific reference to inclinations, resolutions, and determinations of the will, the seat of emotions and passions. It's clear from this definition that the word is referring to the soul. This shows us that this verse is dealing with the entire man, spirit, soul, and body. Since we have given our lives, our entire being, to the Lord, it entails that when we serve the Lord, it needs to be done with our entire being. First, their spirit made them willing. Their hearing from God, through Moses, their inner sense of morality, through their conscience, and their inner knowledge of truth, through their intuition, influenced their will and their decision-making. Their spirit produced in them the desire, the inclination, and the motivation to want to serve the Lord. Then their spirit informed their soul. They made the decision in their soul. They resolved to serve the Lord. And then their decision manifested in their outward actions. The second half of verse 21 says, And they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation, and for all his service, and for the holy garments. Their action was bringing what was necessary for the work. This is the process which the Lord has ordained. Their spirit informed their soul, which informed their body. We need to take a closer look at the phrase, every one whom his spirit made willing. The NSAB version translates this as, and everyone whose spirit moved him. The Hebrew word for moved and made willing means to incite or impel. The concordance goes on to say that it means to volunteer as a soldier, to present spontaneously, to offer freely, to be willing to give, to make or to offer the self willingly. God impels us to make the decision to serve Him and to do His work. But this doesn't mean that there's nothing for us to do. We still have an important part to play. Our role is to sacrifice. We have to be ready and willing to give and to offer what we have and who we are to be used by God for whatever purpose that He desires for us. We have to open ourselves up to God and give Him all of us so that He can use us as willing vessels. The other part of the definition is volunteering as a soldier. Volunteering by nature is always done willingly. Volunteering as a soldier carries with it certain implications that are unique to it. A soldier can be stationed anywhere in the world, at any time, without their consent. They can be wounded in battle, and in many cases they can even die in battle. These are all stipulations that are known to a man before he joins the military. But they make the choice anyway, because the benefit far outweighs the risk. The reason why people make that choice is because it's for a cause far greater than themselves. The same is true, and even more so, when it comes to the things of God. God's will, being executed, is of far more importance than our own will being executed. When we make the choice to serve the Lord, we are putting our will aside and putting God's will ahead of our own. When doing the will of God, there are stipulations that come with it, just like in the natural. We never know where God will send us to serve or when He'll do so. There will be times of setback, 
times of disappointment and hurt and all sorts of similar things. Many Christians in many parts of the world will even be called to make the ultimate sacrifice of their lives in service to God. We as Christians make the choice to serve because the cause of the kingdom of God is greater than ourselves and the eternal benefit of seeing the will of God done and the spiritual fruit being produced far outweighs the temporal risk. We have to keep these things in mind when doing the work that God has called us to do. In verses 21 through 24, we find that the people brought things that they had within their possession for the service of the temple. Then we find something very different in the next few verses. Verse 25 says, And all the women that were wise-hearted did spin with their hands, and brought that which they had spun, both of blue and of purple and of scarlet and of fine linen. This is a completely different dynamic than just bringing something that they already had. These women use their skills in service of God. God was calling them to use these skills that he had given them. It says that they were wise-hearted. They had wisdom within their spirit. And when they let that influence their soul, their mind, will, and emotions, they made a conscious decision using their intellect to glorify God with their skills. Verse 26 says, And all the women whose hearts stirred them up in wisdom spun goat's hair. Their hearts stirred them up. When God calls us to do his will, we need to get stirred up. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning in the 6th verse, it says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and have brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast the form of sound words, which thou hast heard of me, in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus, that good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost, which dwelleth in us. In verse 6 we are told, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee, by the putting on of my hands. The Greek word for stir up means to kindle afresh, to stir up the fire, to fan the flame of. The concordance goes on to say it means to rekindle, resuscitate, to inflame one's mind, strength and zeal, to gain strength. The more we talk to God, the more we study the word, the more we praise and worship, the more we stir ourselves up and kindle the fire within us. We have to add fuel to the fire. We have to stay immersed in God and in the things of God. John the Baptist said in Matthew 3 and 11, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoe I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. When we were baptized in the Holy Ghost, we were baptized in fire, 
Now the fire is within us. We need to ask ourselves the questions. Why is the fire within us? And what exactly is the fire itself? And we find the answer to these questions in Hebrews. Hebrews 12 and 29 says, For our God is a consuming fire. The fire is God himself residing within us. And the fire is within us because God is within us. When it comes to the work of the Lord that we are called to do, we have to stay stirred up and we have to keep the flame kindled. It is the spirit of God within us that keeps us motivated and keeps the desire and the passion alive to drive us forward when doing the work of the Lord so that we can see it all the way through to completion. Paul said in Philippians 1 and 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. The same way that God always brings his work to completion, he holds our hand all the way through until we see our work through to the end too. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul had already surrendered his life to Christ. He had already offered himself freely to be used by God for his special purpose. Paul understood this. In verse 9 he said, Who have saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to his own purpose and grace. Paul knew that God had a special purpose for him and a special work for him to do. But he also knew that that calling came with the promise of suffering and affliction. He told Timothy in verse 8, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor me as prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel, according to the power of God. Then he said in verse 12, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Paul made the sacrifice, knowing that he would endure many trials, because he knew that he was serving a cause far greater than himself, and he knew that no matter what, he served a great God, and that God would see him through. We need to adopt the same mindset today. For many people, it's hard to sacrifice because it's contrary to our fallen human nature. But we must remember that anytime we sacrifice something, we may lose it temporarily, but there's nothing that we've lost that won't be restored to us a hundredfold in eternity. Matthew chapter 10, verses 29 to 30 tell us, And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or fathers or mothers or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. All will be perfectly and fully restored if we stay faithful until the very end. We find here again at the end of the verse the stipulation of with persecutions. When we set our minds to do the work of the Lord, we must be prepared for all that comes with it. Back in Exodus chapter 35 and verse 31 it said, And he hath filled him with the Spirit of God, in wisdom and understanding and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. This is an important concept. It's saying that God filled the workers with his Spirit. This is a foreshadowing of the new covenant, where once we are born again, the Lord fills us with his Spirit, the Holy Spirit. This is purely a work of God. Exodus chapter 36 verses 1 to 2 tell us, Then wrote Bezalel and Aholiab, and every wise-hearted man, in whom the Lord put wisdom and understanding, 
to know how to work all manner for the service of the sanctuary, according to all that the Lord had commanded. And Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab, and every wise-hearted man, in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, even everyone whose heart stirred him up to come unto the work to do it. It's important to note that the Lord put wisdom and put understanding in their hearts. It wasn't because of anything that they did themselves. It was only because God freely gave it to them. The word used here for work in the Hebrew means occupation. The concordance goes on to say that it means deputyship, ministry, employment, never servile, or work, business, or industry. This reveals another element of our work for the Lord. We are the deputies of the Lord. A deputy is anyone who is empowered by a superior to act on their behalf or in their place as a representative. When we set our minds to do the will of God, He deputizes us, He empowers us to act on His behalf, and He allows us to serve in His work. And this is how we have the power to get things done and to make a difference. We need to understand that it is only God that empowers us. It's not something that we have the power to do ourselves. He puts His Spirit within us, and in a similar way, He puts wisdom and understanding in our lives so that we're ready for the work that we've been given. In verse 31, the Lord said that He filled Bezalel with His Spirit, and then adds that it was in wisdom and understanding and in knowledge. It's important that we understand these three elements and why they're important for our work. Proverbs 2 and 6 tells us, For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. These three together form a sort of intellectual trinity. The first element is knowledge. Knowledge comes from what we learn or experience. Most times, knowledge is gained in the natural, but it can also be spiritual. Spiritual knowledge is the most important type of knowledge. There's also knowledge that is a gift of the Holy Spirit by which the Holy Spirit imparts to us knowledge without us having to learn or experience it in the natural. Our knowledge is the foundation of our intellect, our logic, our rationality, and our memory. In the work of the Lord, we need knowledge to lay the foundation so we know how to fulfill the command. The second element is understanding. Understanding is the mediator in the intellectual trinity. It mediates between knowledge and wisdom. It's by understanding that we absorb and comprehend the knowledge that we've learned and experienced throughout our lives. Once we've absorbed knowledge, letting it become a part of our life, we've understood it. We need this in the work of the Lord so that we can comprehend our mission entirely and truly understand what exactly we're called to do. The third element is wisdom. Wisdom is purely spiritual. It's only given to us by God. It's never a natural thing. It can't be learned, and it can't be taught. Wisdom is the ability by which we apply the knowledge that we have. This is beyond discernment and beyond intuition. Wisdom is also a gift of the Holy Spirit, by which we're given the ability to correctly apply and use the knowledge that we have in a way that is a blessing to ourselves and others. We need wisdom in the work of the Lord, knowing about our calling and understanding what we are to do will do us no good if we can't properly apply it in our lives. Our knowledge and understanding have to manifest outwardly in corresponding actions, and it is our wisdom that helps us to do this. We need all three if we are to be successful in doing the will of God. Exodus 36 and 7, speaking of the workers, says, 
for the stuff they had was sufficient for all the work to make it and too much. Whenever God calls us to do His will, He always gives us everything that we need. Philippians 4 and 19 tells us, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He can't ask us for something that we don't have, which is why He supplies our every need. Plus, He does so abundantly. Ephesians 3 and 20 says, Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. What we need may not always come at the time that we think best, or in the way that we think best, but it always comes at the right time, in God's perfect time. In the same way, there may be times when we feel like we're not ready or prepared for the work that we've been called to, but we must remember that God supplies every single need that we have. And we need to remind ourselves that He never calls the qualified. He always qualifies the called. The last part of our study is understanding that our work is sufficient because of God. Our sufficiency is never found in ourselves. It can only be found in God. 2 Corinthians 3 and 5 says, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves, to think anything is of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. It is God Himself that makes our work sufficient. We need to know that we each have a special purpose and a special task in the kingdom of God. Once we make the sacrifice of giving all of ourselves to God, just like the children of Israel when building the temple, as we stir ourselves up, He will give us everything that we need. As we continue to do His will in faith, He will bless our work, and it will glorify and honor Him. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you that you have given us a special purpose, a special role to play in your kingdom. We thank you that you have looked upon us in our fallen state and that you didn't leave us where we were, but that you saved us and redeemed us so that we could have a role to play and work to do for your name. Lord, we ask for the knowledge and for the understanding and for the wisdom that when you call us to do a special work, that we'll know exactly what to do that will understand the exact way that you want it done, and we'll have the wisdom to act in the way that you would have us to act. And Lord, we thank you that when we're doing your will, when we're doing the work that you've called us to, that it won't only be a blessing to us, and that it won't only be a blessing to others, but that it will bring glory and honor to your name. Lord, we make that choice to surrender all of ourselves to you, and we give ourselves freely so that you might use us as a vessel for your purposes. And we know that you're working all things in our lives together for good because we know that we're called according to your purpose. Lord, we thank you for all the work that is being done right now. And we thank you for all the work that will be done. And we thank you that we get a part to play in that. We give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to be called for service and have Jesus as a part of your life today, All you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. You then need to repent of your sins and ask for His forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for His free gift of eternal life. Now if you prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We appreciate you taking out your time to spend with us. If you'd like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, 
You can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about this program and this ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. We appreciate also if you write a review from wherever you're listening to this podcast from. And if you follow and subscribe so that more people can hear the King's Word for themselves. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all. And we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.